Hey guys, welcome back. Um, we officially made it to episode four. Uh, didn't think we'd really get here, but here we are. Uh, thanks for coming back. Glad to have you guys here. And today I think we're going to talk about something that I've really been wanting to talk about for a long time. I think today we're we're going to talk about love. Um love has always been a hard topic for me. Um from feeling love to giving love, it's something I've always struggled with because I never understood the authenticity of it. And I never understood what it required. When I was younger, I got to see the people around me, like my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents. I got to see the way they loved. And with every single part of me, that's the kind of love I always wanted. I craved that. I wanted to replicate that. I wanted it to be a part of me. And now I'm realizing as I get older that if I want that kind of love, I need to build that kind of love for myself. It's not just something that's going to come find me one day. Um, as I got older and I started to begin to struggle with my self-worth, I felt like that love was unobtainable and out of reach and something I would never get to see. And... That killed me. I began to close myself off. I put walls around my heart. I put walls around things that made me me because I felt like I wasn't deserving of those things. I wasn't worthy of those things. It took me a long time to sit back and realize, wait a minute, maybe I am. Maybe it's just I need to be the one to go out there and actually get those things for myself. I need to begin to write that story. I need to begin to find a way to create that for me. Instead of consistently settling for the things that I was, such as a superficial relationship where I would enjoy that honeymoon phase for the first couple weeks or a couple months or as long as it lasted, and then I would begin to surround myself with those walls and feel myself back away. I would stop caring about things that were important and stop putting forth effort, which was important, and I would turn it into something superficial. I would close myself off and over-sexualize the relationship because it was easier than allowing people to see my emotions, for me to become vulnerable, for me to really be me. I became a shell of myself for a long time because I felt like love was something that I was undeserving of and just couldn't find. Granted, I had relationships. I met some really amazing people, but at the end of the day, I would always find something wrong to either make them leave or make me leave. It wasn't me trying to move past 
everything else with somebody to realize that that kind of love was worth having. When I was younger, I used to try to search out love. Um, I would allow myself to overlook little things to try to see if the person I was engaging with was someone who could support me, somebody who could push me, somebody who could make me better. And I slowly began to realize that I was pushing for all the wrong things. I overlooked the little things and tried to throw myself into finding really what sort of filled that void that I had in my heart. Um, for the longest time, I felt like I didn't belong and I just wanted somebody to belong to. When I grew up, I was heavily religious. I was a firm believer in God and thought religion could be that filler for that void. But then I became neglectful and lost sight of what that was. It turned into me asking God to show me he's real by putting someone in my life that can make me feel loved, make me feel whole, and make me feel like me. And people would come into my life and I'd think I was feeling love and think I was feeling valued and authenticated and taken care of. But at the end of the day, something would always get in the way that would push them away or make them leave or they would do something to me that would break me. And I just thought, Maybe this is what I'm destined for. Maybe this is all I get. Maybe this is the only kind of love I'll ever get to experience. And, and then I started to slowly change the definition of what love meant to me. It became less of genuine and authentic feelings and more of temporary safety, temporary happiness. It almost became like a fix where it would feel good for a little bit, but then once I built up that tolerance to it, I'd want something else and I would leave. I never really allowed it the chance to grow and become what it should have been. And that, that was me wasting my emotions, that was me wasting my security, my safety, my comfortability for a temporary fix. It's just years later I sit here and I look back and I think, why did I waste so much time when I could have just stopped searching and let it come to me? I could have just had faith, I could have just trusted the process, I could have just let it go and stop fighting for it so hard that I ended up pushing it away. And for a while I did that. I just sort of gave up on love and went into superficial relationships where we, bo we 
both knew that we didn't want anything serious and we just would go from there. And when you're young, that's great. But as you get older, you you crave something more, something deeper. You Instead of finding someone that you want those physical feel-good moments with, you find someone that you want to have those little emotional moments with. You want to have those little those little moments that a lot of people would think are unimportant, but for you two, those are everything. And it took me a long time to, to understand that. Now I can say I'm 21 and I'm finding that. I'm finally finding that genuine connection. I'm finding that feeling of security. I'm finding that feeling of safety within me being vulnerable, with me being honest, with me being me. Instead of having to hide from the person I'm with, I I allow myself to take a step back and to really feel and let my heart feel heard, let my heart feel safe, let my heart feel taken care of and just loved. And when I found that, it became a sense of craving. It became a sense of, I want more of this person. I want more of those little moments. I want more of doing simple stuff just because we were together. As long as I got to spend another moment with that person, I was happy. As long as I got to be present in that with no distractions, with no kind of bad, I was happy. Granted, every relationship you'll ever have will be sprinkled with bad moments, will be sprinkled with fights, will be sprinkled with hardship, will be sprinkled with challenges that you both need to overcome. But with that comes the opportunity to build something better, something deeper, something wholesome, something genuine, where if you guys are both committed to saying, this is in our way, but here is how we're going to get past it, then everything will turn out in the end. I just... You take those little moments for granted until you sit back and realize that that's all you've ever been missing. It was just someone you can sit there and just listen to them talk and hope that they never run out of things to say because all you want to do is continue to get to get lost staring at them and just feel that moment. You want to grab tight on that moment and never let it go because you know that moment has a chance that it won't be around forever and you want to cherish it and hold on to it for as long as time allows. When I put out my very first episode of this, I was lost. I was hurting. I was broken. I was in a really bad place, but 
now I'm I'm realizing that all of this is just it's everything. What started as a as a project that I was going to keep to myself has turned into something beautiful which gives me peace and comfort and allows me to feel like me and as I grow with this person, as I spend more time with this person, as I as I begin to get better, I realize that this was never about me. This was always a love letter to her. It is me pushing myself to get better so that I can be better for her. It's me taking a piece of myself and being vulnerable so that she can know me authentically without having to worry about me hiding anything, without having to worry about me keeping my thoughts bottled up and really not letting myself feel heard or seen. And with that, it gives me a sense of peace, gives me a sense of comfort, and gives me a sense of home. I was asked about me, and honestly, I didn't really have much to say. I feel like I'm a pretty simple person. I feel like, although I hide how I feel, what I think, if I'm struggling, you'll never see it. With this person, I want to be vulnerable. I want to be open with that, and I want to... I want to show them that because I know that when I fall, they're there to catch me. They're there to lift me up. They're there to bring me back. They're there to help me be better. I just, with every part of me, I want to hold on to that and stay in that moment forever. I, uh, when I started this, I touched over who I was, where I come from, what I've been through, and what brought me here. So I think going forward, that would be a really good place to start. I, uh, I was born in July of 2002 to, uh, Mom and dad and two older brothers. I have a twin sister who, although we couldn't be more different, I am overly proud of because she is finding her and she's doing things that make her happy and make her excited about her future. And I just... I've always wanted that for her. Always wanted her to find her place. I uh, started off in a trailer park with my family. A little double wide trailer in a trailer park called Village East. Uh, funny thing about Village East, there was a guy that my oldest brother used to call the crack clown. Because he would 
dress up as a clown and try to go talk to little kids as fucked up as that is. He was absolutely fucked up. But anyways, uh, after we left that trailer park, we moved in with my grandma and lived with her for a little bit. And then eventually we got a house on a street called Bluebird Lane. Uh, and we had a little house there which was nice and it was perfect for our family at the time Uh, my brother had a bedroom that had walls painted like Andy's bedroom in Toy Story the baby blue with the white clouds surrounding the room it was Perfect. Um, I don't really remember a whole lot about being there. I mean, I have small memories. Like, when I was young, I swallowed my dad's can of dip, and I remember getting sick on the couch and my mom yelling at me. I remember my brother chasing us around in a Chucky mask. I remember... I had a friend who lived across the street who I'd go over and play basketball with. I remember our neighbor, his name was Chip. He had this big old fence and there was this one little broken board in there where his dog would like peek his head through at us. Um, I remember Halloween was big in my neighborhood. We used to go around all the houses, and my brother and his friend would sit in our garage, and they'd always have masks on and run out with chainsaws whenever kids were coming to try to scare the kids. Just little happy moments. Uh, I was really young when we lived in that house, and... I remember my favorite thing in the world was a little dirt devil red vacuum. And one day the vacuum broke. And my mom and her friend drove all over the Midwest trying to find me a new one. And finally they found one out of state and they got it and they brought it home. And I remember how happy I was to just have that vacuum back again. I remember watching Christmas movies in the basement. I remember watching that Jingle All the Way movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and, uh, oh, what's his name? Sinbad or Sinhead? Yeah, that's a good one. I remember for my birthday, my parents got me this, like, personalized DVD from The Wiggles where they were sitting in the big red car and singing happy birthday to me. I just... Out of everything I can remember there, I don't have a single bad memory. But after we left there, we uh, we moved back in with my grandma. And... 
from there, we continued going to school. My parents continued to work at the time. My mom was a dental hygienist, and my dad was a firefighter. Um, he worked for the city of Holland, and my mom worked for this guy named uh, Dr. March over in Zealand. Um, so, yeah, we were living with my grandma, and... Things were going okay. Same thing with that one. Uh, I don't really remember any bad memories there. I just remember all the good ones. I remember my grandma's friend, Gary Miller. He used to babysit us. He was this older guy, big old fat dude who only had two teeth. And... We were always wondering what ones were going to fall out first. He had this, like, long, skinny, little black tooth sitting right in the front of his mouth. And that thing was absolutely disgusting. And eventually, when all his teeth fell out, I remember watching him try to eat a steak. And sure as shit, he cut a little piece off of it, popped it in his mouth, and you can see him just gumming the shit out of that thing, trying to get it down. Just fucking raw, raw, raw. Trying to take that whole fucking thing. Nasty ass. He drove this shitty brown truck and smoked these fucking nasty cigarettes. And I remember when he used to drive us to school, we'd have to duck down the little floor space to the passenger seat all the way there because he was worried he was going to get pulled over for not having car seats for us. Um, and then one day, I remember after school, me, Hunter, and Brooke were playing in the yard and swinging this, like, baseball on a rope. And... uh Hunter hit the baseball with a bat, and the thing swung around and smacked Brooke in the face, and she got a bloody nose and went running into the house to Gary. And me and Hunter take off into the house and run up on our top bunk bed, and Gary flings the door open saying, I'm going to beat your little ass, and he's trying to reach us, and his ass was too short to get us, so me and Hunter are sitting in the back against the wall just laughing at him because he's too short to grab us. Uh, yeah, and then eventually we uh, moved to Holland. My parents built a house, and I remember the week we got here, we went and got a new dog. We got a little Shih Tzu that we named Harley. He was black and white. Uh, and that dog became my everything. It was honestly my best friend. And started school. I uh, was going to school here. And then I, uh, what, my third year in, I won that WGVU Coolest Teacher Award. And you don't know what that is. It's like every year... Uh, 
student writes an essay about their teacher and why they're the coolest teacher in West Michigan. And uh, I wrote one about my teacher and ended up winning. And the prize was that your whole class got a pizza party and then you and your teacher's family all got to go to a paid trip to Chicago. So that was pretty awesome. Um, Like two years later, my school did a lip dub of that song. uh, What is it? Hall of Fame by the script and Will I Am. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I can still find that one on YouTube. It makes me laugh because I can always see myself like jump out of the corner by the lockers and hit the Gangnam style. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Then kept going through school. I got really into swim. Uh, I ended up doing swim for about 12 years, which is crazy. Uh, Found my my friend group and found where I really felt connected with people in life it was nice because they all loved the same thing I did and we were all committed to pushing each other to be better and just being there and I can genuinely say that that group of guys had the biggest impact on my life just because of how consistently present they were in my life and how much they chose to care about me and just how they genuinely saw me instead of just superficial looking at me and brushing off everything, they would take a genuine concern in my life and try to push me to be the best version of myself that I could be. We explained high school in the last episode, but we can definitely glance over it. Uh, Freshman year, I got really into history and was avid about learning more and figuring out more and got really into World War II, which everybody does, but I think I definitely took it to a next level. Uh, Sophomore year was... Pretty boring, not a whole lot in junior year. Uh, came and went, had some, a couple of relationships that started and ended just as quick. Uh, and then senior year, uh, I ended up getting in some legal trouble my senior year, which definitely had an impact on my siblings and how they were treated at school. Being out of school for so long and getting to talk to them now, I realized that the things I did in high school had an impact on them. Even though I didn't see that, it did. I was selfish and never thought about the after effect that they would have to deal with the repercussions as well and not just me. That everything I was going through, they were going through too, indirectly because of the decisions I made. And for that, I'm 
I'm sorry. I know words aren't enough, and I just want to say I love you guys, and I hope you see that I'm trying. I hope you see I'm trying to rebuild that connection, that relationship, and trying to bridge that gap that I made. Uh, But uh, about halfway through my senior year, it was 2020, and COVID-19 had hit, and we thought we were going home for a week, and it turns out a week was two years. I had a virtual graduation and got to miss out on finally getting to walk that stage and think to myself, I did this. I made it out and I survived. There's one thing I regret about high school that is that. It's that I miss getting that closure. I miss getting a chance to say goodbye the right way and say I was here and now I've made it here. To let myself be proud of me. Uh, After high school, I was supposed to go to school for aviation. Uh, Ended up not going because of some some personal issues I was struggling with. And just threw myself into work. Uh, Worked as a pesticide applicator, I worked as a server, I worked as a cook, I worked as a shift lead. I kind of bounced all over the board. And in the process, I spent a lot of time trying to find myself, trying to trying to come back to who I am. I had lost swim. I was distant with my friends and beginning to push them away because I was getting too close and letting myself be too vulnerable. So I stopped being honest with them. I stopped being upfront with them, and I just slowly made them leave. And then I came up with the idea that I wanted to be a high school history teacher because of the impact that my high school history teacher had on me. goal was to teach the lessons of the past so that history would not be repeated. I wanted to help kids take a unique perspective and see how history shows us what's coming and that we need to be proactively taking the steps to avoid it and change that destiny. Did school for that for a little while, and it was okay. This was two years after Austin's accident, and I was still lost, still grieving. I'd backed away from religion, and of course I picked a Christian college to go to, which made it really hard. I, uh, I got stuck in a religion class, which I was not comfortable in, and Asked my student counselor for a way out. She told me she couldn't and that it was a required credit. So I ended up leaving the university. Uh, And then after that, I packed my bags and I said, fuck it, we're we're moving moving out of state. I uh, 
spent just about two years over there. Uh, and that's where I found my calling that I wanted to be a firefighter. I found my, found my friends who I still talk to today and are the only reason I make it through the day every day because they consistently push me. We push each other. We make sure that everyone's okay and we just make sure that we're all we're all us and i couldn't ask for better friends for that but uh yeah moved out of state started working in fire was finally pushing my career and then uh my mom ended up having a having a stroke which really set things back. And although we definitely had times where growing up we were not on the same page and did not get along, I, as soon as I heard that news, I jumped in the car right away and bullied my ass back to Michigan because I needed to be there. I could not let her go through that alone. If, you know anything about me it is that i am the one person i want my family to turn to in situations like that because i'm willing to do whatever it takes to try to fix those to try to make things better to try to try to save the day um, but yeah she uh she had her stroke and it made me realize that it was time for me to come home that even though I was succeeding, even though I was comfortable, even though I, I felt like me, it was time for me to pack the bags and come home because I knew my family needed me. Uh, so I ended up coming home, and it just... Seeing myself now to where I was when we came back, I realized that I am I'm lost. I just, I'm lost and I'm finding a way to be better. I'm finding a way to do better. I just I need to find a way to get there. Now I'm working a job I don't really enjoy and I just trying to find a way to bring me back to me give me that sense of drive that sense of purpose that sense of okay I can do this but I'm realizing that that is not something that happens overnight that's something I need to work at every day because in the end, it's all going to be worth that effort. It's going to be something I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. It's just... I want to get there. Slowly starting to bring my walls down. I'm starting to become more me and find myself and open up because... It's time I stop hiding myself. It's time I be authentic. It's time I open up so that I can feel what love genuinely is. I can feel that connection. I can feel that warmth, that home feeling, that honesty, that hopefulness, that 
those feelings that you get in the honeymoon phase. I want to feel that every day. And I just... I'm getting there day by day. I realize that I can't just snap my fingers and everything will be fixed. I have to actually put in effort and make myself consistently realize that this is all worth it in the end. That this is building something better. This is building something beautiful. This is building the rest of my life. And I don't want to stand in the way of that. I don't want to settle for less. I want to be... I want to be more, I want to be amazing, I want to be one of a kind, I want to be me. Uh, now I'm 21, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a full-time worker, and I just... It's the little things. Every time I go visit Austin's grave, every time I have a day to myself, every time I go to Ulta and pay the $30 to have him cover up my gray hair and get a couple shampoos, every time I get to go to TJ Maxx and pick out a new sweatshirt, every time I get to just go to the beach and see the stars because that's the only place in Holland where you can actually see them. I can just sit there and be present in the moment, listening to Theo Vaughn or reading a good book and just being with me. I just... I'm ready to get better. I'm ready to find me. I'm ready to give the love that I know I'm capable of. I want to say this to everyone everyone here I am beyond thankful for you I I love all you guys and I would do just about anything for all of you guys for those of you who show up here consistently I see that you care I see that you value this and I see that this is special to you and I love that I live for that and it just makes me feel so whole and complete that I can do something that touches you guys and that you guys can relate to something that makes you guys feel heard, feel seen, feel feel better. Because you do matter. Your feelings matter. Your emotions matter. Your mental health matters. You matter. You just need to stop running from that and realize that. That's all I ever want for you. Yeah. So I think that is probably a good place for me to stop tonight. Um, and definitely I feel like this one will get picked up on again next time. There's a lot more I got to say and I don't want to keep you overly long. So expect part two really soon. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.